We're on a thousand planets and spreading out. Doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. To the bat holes. May the force be with you. Who is that masked man? Avengers, assemble. Merry Christmas, and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses Z. Campbell. Here is some genre-related news before today's discussion. Congratulations to the Hugo Award winners. The annual ceremony was held last weekend in Washington, D.C. at the 79th World Science Fiction Convention, DISCON 3, and was hosted by Andrea Harrison and Cherie Renee Thomas. A full list of winners can be found on the Fantastic Forum Facebook page. NASA successfully launched the James Webb Space Telescope this morning from French Guiana aboard a Ariane 5 rocket. The largest and most expensive instrument ever flown, the James Webb Space Telescope, is 100 times more powerful than the Hubble Telescope. Designed for a parking place one million miles from Earth, the telescope is designed to detect the infrared glow of the first galaxies to light up after the Big Bang. Utilizing a five-layer tennis court size shade to block out the heat of the sun, the telescope will operate at a temperature just above absolute zero to register the faint infrared radiation left over from the initial burst of star formation. Yes, the Big Bang. Astronomers will be able to monitor the evolution of galaxies and the role of dark matter, along with learning more about the formation of supermassive black holes like the one at the heart of the Milky Way galaxy. The telescope will be used to study the atmospheres of planets orbiting nearby stars, seeking signs of habitability, while observing planets in our solar system with power which has never been available before. Dark Horse Comics has been acquired by Embracer Group. The Sweden-based parent company includes, among its other subsidiaries, Gearbox Studios, THQ Nordic, Saber Interactive, and Koch Media. Dark Horse is the third largest U.S. comics publisher with a library of over 300 intellectual properties which include The Mask, Time Cop, and Ghost, as well as a number of licensed properties including Star Wars, Avatar the Last Airbender, excuse me, Avatar the Last Airbender, Stranger Things, The Witcher, and creator-owned series such as Hellboy and Sin City. Dark Horse's business extends beyond comics and includes film and TV production company Dark Horse Entertainment and collectibles retailer Things from Another World. Dark Horse has over 40 entertainment projects in development at Netflix, Amazon, Sci-Fi, Sony, MGM, Universal, and Warner Media. Embracer said in a statement that buying Dark Horse 
strengthens its transmedia capabilities by adding expertise in content development, comics publishing, and film and TV production. Scientists have announced the discovery of a perfectly preserved dinosaur embryo that had been preparing to hatch from its egg. The egg was most likely preserved by a sudden mudslide that buried it, protecting it from scavengers. The embryo, believed to be a toothless theropod, <laughs> a toothless theropod dinosaur, or Oviraptorosaur, Oviraptorosaur, <laughs> excuse me, was discovered in Gansu in southern China, and researchers estimate it uh, as being at least 66 million years old. The discovery has also given researchers a better understanding of the link between dinosaurs and modern birds. The fossil shows the embryo was in a curled position called tucking, which is a behavior seen in birds immediately prior to hatching. The egg was first uncovered in 2000, but put into storage for 10 years. It was only when construction work began on the museum and old fossils were being sorted through that researchers turned their attention to the egg, which they suspected was holding an embryo inside. A portion of the dinosaur's body remains covered by rock. Researchers will use advanced scanning techniques to create an image of its full skeleton. Michael Keaton will reprise his role as Bruce Wayne Batman in the upcoming Batgirl movie on HBO Max. Batgirl stars Leslie Grace and is slated for release sometime in 2022. An anniversary this week as the animated version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas premiered on TV 55 years ago on December 18, 1966. A new trailer dropped this week for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. You can view the trailer on one of the FF social media pages. And while you're there, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. We like to be followed and we love to be liked. Doctor Strange Into the Multiverse of Madness is currently scheduled to open in theaters on May 6, 2022. And opening this week was The Matrix Resurrections. And we have our spoiler-free review of the movie for you right now. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. The Matrix Resurrections is the fourth film in the highly successful and profitable series launched in 1999 by the Wachowskis. It is a hybrid, part sequel and part reboot. I found the movie entertaining but vapid, likely to thrill fans of the original via the sense of nostalgia it evokes, but offering nothing new or original to the franchise. The Matrix created a sensation when it was released in 1999. It was hailed as a work of genius. The second film, The Matrix Reloaded, while not as well received, performed better at the box office. By 2003, when the trilogy concluded with The Matrix Revolutions, fans were generally disappointed. They felt as if they'd been sold a bill of goods, that the series, which they believed offered thought-provoking insight and a visionary life philosophy, ultimately offered nothing of the sort. 
Surely the Wachowskis were laughing all the way to the bank at the fraud they'd perpetrated on their gullible audience. The Matrix Resurrections irritates one of my pet peeves in that it is a sequel coming decades after the previous picture. But as I indicated earlier, it is also a reboot, returning our Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss as Neo, the One, and Trinity. Almost everyone else is new, or new old as the case may be. For example, there is a character called Morpheus, but he isn't played by Lawrence Fishburne. Instead, it is Yaha Abdul-Mateen II. And the character called Smith isn't Hugo Weaving, but Jonathan Groff. However, I'm sure that the original performers received checks as all their likenesses are featured prominently in the film. The Matrix Resurrections finds Neo back in the Matrix, living life as Thomas Anderson, now a successful game developer. Following his and Trinity's deaths in the previous film, the machines have cloned them both and reinserted them as living batteries powering the illusion. The analyst, played by Neil Patrick Harris, manages Neo, keeping him under control and docile in the Matrix. But Neo is subconsciously looking for a way out. He develops a backdoor program that gets the attention of the young rebel captain Bugs, played by Jessica Henwick. Bugs comes after Neo and frees him from the Matrix. Realizing that Trinity lives, Neo convinces the rebels to help him try to release her too. But can they do so without sacrificing the human-machine peace that has persisted for decades? And will Trinity choose to leave the Matrix, or has she become content with the fantasy world provided by the machines? In addition to the stars already mentioned, The Matrix Resurrections features Jada Pinkett Smith, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, Christina Ricci, Toby Onwumir, Andrew Lewis Caldwell, and Lambert Wilson. Jonathan Groff, Jessica Henwick, and Yaha Abdul-Mateen II stood out for me, but I thought everyone was well cast and enjoyed seeing the reprised roles for the lead cast members. Lena Wachowski's direction was professional as usual, and screenwriters David Mitchell and Alexander Hemmen have some fun with the screenplay, mostly with in-jokes and callbacks. I just wish there was something original in the movie. Despite the many nostalgic calls, or perhaps because of them, I felt as if I was watching The Matrix all over again. The effects are state-of-the-art, but I can't claim that they justify another pass at this universe. At 2 hours and 28 minutes, this is a lengthy movie. I saw it in the theater, but you'll have greater flexibility watching via HBO Max, since that is an option. You can pause to get something to eat, take a bathroom break, or just do something else. Although, if you're a dedicated fan, you may want to watch an IMAX or 3D, as the effects lend themselves to those platforms. The movie is rated R for action, violence, and profane language. There isn't any nudity or sex. Nevertheless, the rating is earned. Fans of the series will enjoy seeing the characters again. Although I can't even characterize it as a new adventure because you've seen it all before. Get your money's worth if you go and be sure to hang around for the post credit scene. Nothing about this movie truly distinguishes itself. No reason to bother when you can simply watch the first movie over again and enjoy a much more fulfilling and enriching experience. Two stars out of four. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. And there you have it, the official FF review of The Matrix Resurrections, which opened in theaters and via HBO Max earlier this week. So, Spider-Man No Way Home 
continues to be the hottest movie in the world. The film is projected to go over $1 billion worldwide as early as quite possibly today. (laughs) Now, this would make it the second fastest to that milestone and the first movie of the pandemic era. And the movie isn't even showing in China, which, of course, is the world's largest market. Here is the official spoiler-free FF review. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. Spider-Man No Way Home is the third film from Sony in collaboration with Marvel Studios featuring the wall crawler. It is the sixth appearance of Tom Holland in the role. If you are a fan, this is the Spider-Man movie that you've been waiting for. In all his previous Marvel Cinematic Universe appearances, the webhead has been burdened by his relationship to Tony Stark. Spider-Man Homecoming in 2017 was an Iron Man movie that happened to have Spider-Man in it. Marvel's most popular character was reduced to sidekick status in a film he headlined. And even after the Stark character's death, Robert Downey Jr. and his portrayal of Iron Man still loomed large in 2019's Spider-Man Far From Home, as that character provided the story's impetus. Spidey fans have been awaiting a movie in which he could get out from Iron Man's shadow and be the superhero we remember from the comics that built the self-styled house of ideas. Spider-Man No Way Home is that film. Far From Home ended in a cliffhanger. Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio seized control of Tony Stark's technology and wrought havoc in London. Spider-Man managed to stop Mysterio in a battle that cost the villain his life. But before he died, Mysterio managed to make a video recording implicating Spider-Man in the destruction, and worse, revealed him to be Peter Parker. No Way Home picks up immediately where Far From Home ended. Hounded from all sides, Peter is caught between law enforcement, the media, and legions of fans, as well as those who believe Mysterio's lies. Frustrated and desperate for a way out, Peter reaches out to Doctor Strange in the hope the sorcerer's magic can make the entire world forget his secret identity. But the spell goes awry, opening a doorway into the multiverse and allowing others who know Spider-Man's dual identity to reach our world. Peter finds himself overwhelmed by supervillains seeking vengeance against Spider-Man. Now Peter is in a race against time, not only to stop the criminals, but also find a way to return them to their own worlds before they can destroy him and those he loves. Spider-Man No Way Home stars Tom Holland, Benedict Cumberbatch, Zendaya, Marissa Tomei, John Favreau, Alfred Molina, Willem Dafoe, J.K. Simmons, Jamie Foxx, and Jacob Batalon. The inclusion of villains from previous Sony Spider-Man movies is a wonderful novelty. I especially enjoyed seeing Defoe and Molina as Norman Osborn and Otto Octavius. Both excelled in their outings as solo villains and reprised those roles magnificently. John Watts returns to direct yet another Spider-Man picture. He has an affinity for the character that he gets to explore to a greater degree in this outing. Other Marvel Sony veterans, Chris McKenna and Eric Summers, return as writers after having worked on the previous Spider-Man films as well as Ant-Man and the Wasp. 
They exploit the multiverse angle to great advantage, keeping the audience on the edge of its seat throughout. Holland's Spider-Man really has to step it up in this movie. No one comes running to the rescue the way Stark did in Homecoming. The web-slinger has to be the hero. In the greatest Spider-Man tradition, our hero must rediscover that, with great power, comes great responsibility. And that's a responsibility which he alone must shoulder. The character gets to complete his heroic journey. There were a lot of rumors about this movie. All I can say is that there are some terrific cameos that are sure to satiate the desires of Marvel fans. The story elements work harmoniously, and the movie is ultimately very satisfying and provides a representation of the Spider-Man character which is consistent with the original source material. It clocks in at 2 hours and 28 minutes. However, with its absolutely frenetic pace, that time goes by quickly. There are two problems you usually find in a movie with so many characters. One is a lack of character development, but the existing familiarity from previous films eliminates that as an issue. Although, if you didn't see the Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield movies, or the earlier entries with Tom Holland, you're going to be totally lost regardless of whatever comic books you may have read. The other problem is that characters tend to get lost and miss screen time. That's not an issue either, as everyone has something to do and gets to interact effectively. It's a balancing act I don't know that I've ever seen pulled off so artfully. The movie is rated PG-13, with a lot of action and violence. There's no nudity or sex, but the rating is pretty much on point, mainly due to the violent nature of the superhero action. I'd leave the younger kids at home. This is one of the better Marvel movies to date. Spider-Man is a hero who strives to be his best, even when things are at their worst. He is an inspiration and an example exemplifying the values and standards promoted in the best tradition of superhero comic books. The Spider-Man movie you've been waiting for. Three and a half stars out of four. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Four. The official FF review of Spider-Man No Way Home, which opened last week and is poised to surpass $1 billion worldwide this weekend. So, today we are talking about those news items and more. Joining me for this special Christmas Day edition is Ulysses B. Campbell. Welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here, Dad. Well, it's a pleasure to have you, and I am uh, extremely grateful uh, that you are here on this wonderful Christmas Day and that it's uh, an all Yuli affair. Uh, this is officially Yuli Land, or maybe it's Yuli World, since uh, it's the both of us. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Ulysses B. Campbell. Gee, I had just done that intro and. Now it's uh, I'm re-introing, but it's because of the time. So if I'd have realized that, I'd have just done the re-intro when I did just the intro for a little bit, and then yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when you're following the script. So look, because it's Christmas, I figured we'd lead with talking about some of, if we happen to have any, uh, some of our favorite Christmas genre-related stories. We can, 
Uh, mm-hmm. But I wanted to touch on that dinosaur thing real quick. Uh, that's oh, how that's yes. how uh, Jurassic Park starts uh, in real life. So let's not let's just not mess with that. I'm glad it was in storage for however long, and I'm glad we forgot about it. Let's not deal with that. Let's find you know evolution stuff, but let's put the kibosh on any dinos for the moment. We got other stuff we're we're worrying about right now. We don't need to worry about a. You know, a dinosaur thing. We surely don't know <laughs> any better than to mess with this stuff. And I tell you what, in terms of the news items, this James Webb Space Telescope thing uh, is, is what I'm really looking forward to. You didn't have, no, of course you didn't. You were you were asleep, but uh, this morning uh, they did the launch. And it was, well, I gather it was televised, but it was also streaming. Of course. And uh, this Ariane 5 rocket, really spectacular. I'm kind of excited about that can't wait till this thing gets to its parking orbit and they fire it up and they start using it because it's so much more powerful than the Hubble Space Telescope, which has been up there like your entire yeah, life. Yeah, it's been, I've yeah. only known the Hubble. Well, not only, but I remember the Hubble. Mm. Well, I, I remember when they launched it <laughs> and that was a big deal too. It's like, wow, we're putting a telescope. And that was big because putting a telescope in space, you don't have to contend with Earth's atmosphere in terms of overcoming that, uh, you know, observing the heavens. Yeah, exactly. So you can see much more clearly. Mm. But the other thing, and this is actually really noteworthy, this acquisition of Dark Horse Comics, because I didn't realize that Dark Horse was the third leading comics publisher. I I gather behind DC and Marvel. Well, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Excuse me, behind Marvel and DC. Yeah, I didn't know. But then they, you know, I started reading this stuff off, and I, I'm like, oh, yeah, they got a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I mean, mm. between all the licensed stuff and their mm. and their deals, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I remembered that they... I knew that, obviously, Disney owns all the Marvel and Star Wars stuff. I didn't mm. realize that Star Wars comics were still being published by, uh, by Dark Horse, though. Well, they're being published by Dark Horse now. That license has changed hands several times. Okay. I mean, initially... When Star, when excuse me, when a New Hope, I was called Star Wars, uh, first came out back in '77. Uh, immediately thereafter, Marvel had the license. Okay. DC had the license for a while. There was another company that had the license. I, I, I'm not thinking of who, but yeah, that license has moved around a bit. So Dark Horse has it for now. But I'm given that Disney owns it. I think it's a reasonable bet that it's going to end up back at, back at Marvel. Mar- yeah. yeah, you know, it's just yeah. <laughs> that's you know, hey, they're they're getting paid money, so that's an interesting thing. But yeah, I mean, all of these, and and, and we've gotten entire shows out of the news items sometimes because the yeah. panel starts going off and talking about this. But all of this stuff is is very interesting, and I appreciate what you're saying about the. Uh, the Oviraptorosaur, uh, which they found. Uh, yeah, that now, just sounds like, one, that it's made up, two, that it was somebody <laughs> that pitched it in, like, a script writing meeting, and three, it sounds like a merchandising opportunity. Hmm. Well, fortunately, this thing doesn't seem like it's... I mean, I don't even know that it was meat-eating. Is not the other thing. yet. <laughs> not yet. Yeah, well, they're not going to be able to do anything with this, I mean, because... You study it long enough, you figure out how to do some stuff, (laughs) and then suddenly we got a park and some dinos loose in San Francisco. You know, I'm not going to argue with you, because that is absolutely a real thing. It's just that, well, if any part of this, it seems to be completely fossilized, is the thing. 
if any portion of it was intact for them, I mean, it, it's just simply that it's an intact fossil in that you can see how the embryo was in the egg as opposed to other fossils they found where the eggs are already broken yeah. or you can't discern exactly what the embryo was like. You know, so th this is this really is less of an opportunity for dinosaurs to run amok and more for researchers to learn about how the embryo appeared in the egg. That's what you hope. <laughs> That's what we all hope. I'm sure there's somebody deep down in their brain. It's like, what if, what if we did though? What if we did? Could we? Let's not, but maybe. That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, indeed, indeed. Yeah. So um, the other thing in terms of these news items, and this isn't actually one that on which I reported, but I'm going to mention it only because I referenced the event. Discon 3, the 79th annual World Science Fiction Convention, which was in Washington, D.C. last weekend. So there was some controversy surrounding the Hugo Awards, which are the basically the science fiction Oscars. And uh, Raytheon had been a sponsor of the Hugos, and there was a great deal of consternation on the part of uh, many attendees, uh, actually people connected with the Hugo Awards themselves, uh, because, of course, Raytheon is a defense contractor. And there were a lot of people that felt a certain way about Raytheon having had the opportunity to sponsor this event. And so I, I, I just, I simply mention it uh, because as, uh, as a program producer, <laughs> let me just say that sponsorships are welcomed. And I, I understand it, it's a wonderful luxury when you can have principles regarding whose money you will accept that is for true. That is true. us and and perhaps I mean I would take Raytheon's money for this show in a heartbeat but uh, as I mean and I had I had been a staff member mm -hmm. for Discon I mean I can absolutely understand and in fact when I heard about it my first thought was oh yeah they're a defense contract because I hadn't heard what the controversy was oh, yes, yes but then I'm thinking well, yes, of course, that's what it was. <laughs> it's like, how could it have been anything else? And periodically, because the the comics and science fiction community is one that uh, is is very principled, and people feel a certain way about accepting money from different organizations, depending on. Uh, what those organizations do and how they operate and so yeah i get it so again just to just to sort of mention in passing that this was a thing um i know it's not i mean you don't have a dog in that fight i really <laughs> so, don't i yeah. really don't but i mean i'm, I'm with you getting sponsors all, all for it all for it get get that do it dad you know, and if if anyone would like to sponsor this show, please send me an email at <laughs> producer at fantasticforum.tv, and I will happily entertain 
uh, all uh, sponsorship offers. Um, but yeah, that that one. And, and I, I mean, I, I've got some feeling. You hear that, I, Raytheon? You hear that? <laughs> Boy, Raytheon doesn't know what I can possibly do for them. <laughs> but yeah, they. I, I, I've heard about this also with another event uh, with which I have been uh, affiliated. Uh, to some degree, which is the Small Press Expo. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, in, in that community, there has also been a great deal of interest in the organizations sponsoring um, SPX and their awards, uh, you know, which are the Ignatz Awards, uh, you know, yes. one of the um, few festival prizes uh, at a, um, you know, comic show. So, but it's, again, very interesting. And, uh, I I absolutely appreciate and respect how people feel about this stuff. Um, you know, before we get to the other thing, I, I just I had a little flashback only a moment ago because somehow I remembered what I was doing last year on this day, and it was watching Wonder Woman eighty four. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Because you remember that that dropped on HBO Max. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and I was like, oh, "Well, I do." I was well. I was trying to watch it. I was actually. I had to. I had to keep. Yeah, you kept pausing it. Yeah, because I was cooking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I watched that that night because I was at the house, mm-hmm. and then I went back to my uh, went back to my apartment that night because I mm-hmm. had to leave out for the work trip. Yeah, right my after. my son lives on his own. By the I'm way. an adult. Yeah, <laughs> yes, and you do some serious adulting. That's my boy. <laughs> Very proud. Father's heart swells with pride. You know. But and, yes, I do remember mm-hmm. not being able to, not like fully watching the TV when you had it on. Be like, I, I, I don't know what part it is. I, I need, I need to see it for myself. I can't, I can't watch it. I can't see it. What, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. No, I can't. <laughs> well, I was Gina? down. Nope. I was down in the family room, and and it's it, the other funny thing about that. And this really was funny to me, is that the trailer that came out with that uh, 80s disco music mm-hmm. on it was so much better than the movie. In fact, so much so, I, I just, I watched the trailer uh, uh, like a couple of weeks ago. Really? I was just, yeah, I just like, hey, let me watch this because it was so good. And the movie was so not good. <laughs> it was just yeah. <laughs> one of those instances where... One is completely, completely misled by the fact that you've got this wonderful yeah, you have trailer. A great, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they really did a great job of the trailer house. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, did they ever! Oh uh, yeah, I mean to the point where when you can get nostalgic about something like that. Yeah, I mean that's that that was a real thing, but it was put together so artfully. I mean, and particularly if you saw it in the theater, mm-hmm. you know, with the big speakers and all of that. I mean, you actually got a shiver down your spine watching this thing. I mean, I remember there was a line that uh, Gal Gadot had in there. She's like. Nothing good is born of lies, you know. <laughs> in the meantime, they, you know, they got the Amazons and they're all running on these poles that were like fifty feet up in the yeah, air, yeah. and it was just all like, "Wow, look at this." <sighs> you could kind of say the same about that. Uh, we don't need to go down this rabbit hole, but that mm-hmm. first Suicide, the 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 David Ayer Suicide Squad movie, that first trailer 
was uh, the I started a joke I want to say is what plays underneath that and that was mm-hmm. a, that was a beautiful trailer and the movie was a uh, mid at best oh the first one yeah oh yeah the yes yes because what the second one was called just Suicide Squad as the, opposed the to new the, one suicide is the Suicide Squad oh alright so you're talking about is, Suicide yeah, that one was just Suicide, suicide Squad. Squad yeah I gotcha I so gotcha. confusing these mm. names yeah well it really is you know I mean I don't that's why I had to ask. But, uh, yes, that that musical cue means that it's time for us to take a short break because, of course, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA, 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station. That means, among other things, that we're non-commercial and we rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, sponsors... And listeners like yourself, there's still time to make your tax-deductible gift in support of community media and be able to claim it on your taxes in the spring. Visit the website at WERA.FM or that of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media at ArlingtonMedia.org to find out how you can make that tax-deductible gift before the end of the year. Get under the wire in support of this wonderful and important community institution. So, look, we haven't even talked about the fact that it's Christmas. We were going to talk about some of our favorite genre, Christmassy type things. And we really are going to do that. So, stick around, because Yuli B and I will be right back, right after this. And welcome back to the Fantastic Forum here on WERA, 96.7 FM, and streaming online at WERA.FM. Radio Arlington, I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Ulysses B. Campbell, and Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas to all, good heavens. So, when we took the break... We had been, actually, we had been talking a little bit about how much better the Wonder Woman uh, trailer was than the actual film itself, and how this time last year we were actually trying to watch Wonder Woman 84 on HBO Max. So I'm, uh, I'm not going to go home and watch that again, <laughs> <laughs> but I may go home and watch the trailer. That was actually fun. But... I had asked Yuli before we came live on the air uh, about some of, if he had any particular genre-like Christmassy thing, you know? And you did. Yeah. I was uh, tickled. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's a, there is a, I didn't say this earlier, but there's an episode of Justice League, uh, Comfort and Joy, that's essentially their Christmas episode. It's like right before the, what was that event? Like Star-Crossed? They're like three part. Oh yeah, that was at like the end of the season. Yeah, Yeah. it's like it's Mm -hmm. right before that, and everybody's doing Christmassy things. Martian Manhunter goes home with Clark. Uh, John Stewart and the Hot Girl 
go to like an alien bar, they get into a bar fight. It's real cute, real fun. I think Flash plays Santa for some kids. I kind of remember that, and it's funny because I remember most of the episodes of Justice League, and this was the first season, because yeah, if you're well, talking about Starcross. Oh, second season. I mean, oh, that's right. Right before, the, uh, the, the, right before uh, Unlimited started. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, because the end of the first season, they had, like, a three-part thing. Well, wasn't yeah. that with, like, Hawkman and the Thanagarians that's and the, all that's that? That's the Star-Crossed. Oh, that's star yeah. Oh, and that was at the end of the second yeah. season. Okay. I want to say the end of the first season was Vandal Savage. Maybe. Oh, the, they're going back in time yeah. to, like, World War Two and all I that? I think so. That it's been a while sounds, since I've seen that. Yeah, me too. That kind of sounds familiar. But hey, all it means is that we should probably revisit all of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So comfort and joy, you say? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, that's that's a that's a that's a nice one. But the one that I really like is uh you know Christmas with the Joker. It's a classic. Ha ha ha! Batman the animated series. Yes. Yeah. Of yeah. of course it's Christmas with the Joker. <laughs> I mean, there was a point uh, we were watching Christmas with the Joker every year. Yes, I, I had turned that yeah. into a Christmas tradition. <laughs> well, and it, you might not be surprised to learn that that's one of my favorites also. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't watched it yet uh, this Christmas season. I, I, was may, I make it a point it to watch day. it every year. At, mm -hmm. le at least once in like December, like in the week. Like around Christmas, I try to watch it. I haven't. I also haven't mm -hmm. seen it yet this year. But. Mm -hmm. You know, part of what I like about that is that Dick is trying to show Bruce it's a wonderful yeah. life, and in easy. Yeah, it's a story about uh, the difference one man can make to a city. <laughs> like, hmm. Something you know nothing about, right? <laughs> yeah, and then they find out that the Joker has escaped from Arkham Asylum. On that and, Christmas tree, singing the song. Yeah, rocket Christmas tree. You know, and, uh, yes. <laughs> well, but the other thing that I liked about that, you really see how twisted the Joker is. And you remember, he's getting ready to blow up President's Bridge. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's the, uh, the the train is, is coming to the bridge. And he's kidnapped Bullock and Commissioner Gordon and Summer Gleason, the reporter. Yeah. And um, he, he's, you know, holding, I mean, again, you know, so he, he stole a family since he doesn't have family of his own. But Summer Gleason, and he's got them all gagged, but, you know, she's trying to say something. He's like, oh, mommy lawful has something she wants to say because he's calling them the awful lawful family. And uh, she was mommy lawful. Commissioner Gordon was daddy lawful. And Bullock, and Bullock was, was baby, baby lawful. lawful. <laughs> yeah. Having a little bib and a, yeah. what is a, what's that thing called? A, a, a Pacifier. Yeah, pacifier. Yeah. yeah. Well, he had uh, candy canes, like these trick oh, candy yeah. canes that he was using to gag all of them. Anyway, so Summer Gleason is trying to say something, and and he, he takes the candy cane out of her mouth, and she's she tells him that her mother is on that train, and I remember he's like, oh, that's different, and and he's he's got his a little hand puppet that he's using. Um, it's actually his hand. He's yeah. got it painted up. Well, and, uh, yeah, the thing is like, it'll be even more exciting when it crashes. <laughs> and she's got tears in her eyes. And it's just, it's just a really twisted little scene. But you're watching it. And you're like, oh, The Joker's wow. a maniac. Yes, he is. And he that is. was like the, the second episode aired, I think, of the animated series. Mm, no, it was it was it was pretty early on. Yeah. I mean, the show started airing. I want to say either in September or October, and the um, 
I want to say it was the Man Bat episode. Yeah, on Mother Wings. Is the yeah, exactly. First one. And then there was um, this Catwoman one. Okay. That they did, and um, you know, because this would have been literally Christmas. I mean, now, yeah. right? Never, geez, we're gonna have to look up and see what. But it was, it was, it was kind of into it. I mean, yeah. You, well, see, because also it had Robin in it. Yeah. And don't forget that only about a third of the first season episodes had Robin in them. Oh. It was it, mostly it was just Batman yeah. by himself. You know, like those first few episodes. But so I and in in, in fact because of that. I always enjoyed the ones that had Robin in them. Yeah, it's a little, like, like, nice little treat. Yeah, exactly. And it was he—he he was different in the ones with Robin mm-hmm. than when he was by himself. And I understand that the Robin character had sort of been introduced for that reason. I mean, Batman is a very dark, foreboding, brooding character, and he's a little lighter. When Robin's around, yeah, you know, I mean, which is kind of important. You see that in a in New Frontier, also when mm. uh, Superman visits uh, Batman after he gets Robin, he's like, "You've changed." <laughs> yeah, I didn't set out to scare children. <laughs> like, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Just something that happened, <laughs> you know. Yeah, Christmas with the Joker. That is that is a good one. You know, I what I was thinking about were all the various. Because at one time, son, comic books used to do Christmas editions, and there might yeah. be some sort of giant size story or whatever. And I think it was it was a lot of Marvel, some DC, but I think Marvel got out of doing it because if you do that every year, and then you look back at some point, and there are like thirty Christmas stories, it's like wait a minute, it's been thirty years since the Fantastic Four appeared. You yeah, know? and they're trying to. I mean, in in the parlance of Marvel, it's sort of been like perpetually about eight years since the Fantastic Four debuted. So anyway, but the the particular comic that I was thinking of uh, was actually Justice League of America uh, number one ten, and uh, it is a hundred page spectacular, but. There's a story in there uh, called The Man Who Murdered Santa Claus. And uh, the key, uh, one of their old enemies, returns and engineers the murder of the Santa Claus who is scheduled to appear at an orphan's Christmas party with Superman and Batman. And then he issues this challenge to the Justice League. And uh, that's how they're, how they're drawn in. Uh, one of the things that was noteworthy about this particular comic is it was the first time that I saw Jon Stewart. As okay. Green Lantern, because of course, uh, at that point, Stewart did not have a ring of his own. He was the alternate Green Lantern for the space sector. And at the beginning of the show, Hal Jordan is is rushing. He's just gotten out of the bathtub. It's it's really jacked up what they do. Uh, he slips on a bar of soap and bangs his head, and he's knocked out. He's out of commission for the yes. whole issue. And so the ring puts a healing aura around him and then goes to John Stewart. <laughs> Dips out real quick. Like, yeah. I'm going to go find find the brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and it says, you know, and basically the ring is like, John Stewart, alternate Green Lantern of the space sector, you are needed, you know, and it hops on his finger and takes him to the, uh, to the Justice League uh, mission. But it was, um, it was ultimately a very well, entertaining... He did start mm-hmm. out with, like, a, a version of the of uh, Hal's Green Lantern outfit. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, literally, that's yeah. what he. I mean, but that was that, like, that was, was the standard the uniform they yeah. wore. Yeah, you know. So and and that's what he wore. You know, and he didn't get his own sort of stylized outfit until later. But yeah. when you've got what is it now? Six Green Lanterns in this space sector? I think sector. there are at least six <laughs> Earth Lanterns now. You have yeah. the original four dudes, Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz. Yes, exactly. And then, wait, no, because you also have, um, I don't know how much you were following their, like, Infinite Frontier or, like, New, fr- not New Frontier, but there mm. was, like a, like, a, you know, time jump a little bit. Mm. And in the new Justice League with John Kent, it's uh, the Green Lantern that looks like Janelle Monet. I don't know what her name is right now. Oh, isn't she the one from that Far Sector yeah. story? Yeah. yeah. But in yeah. the new Justice League stuff, she was the Earth Lantern. Really? So that makes number seven. They brought her into that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Because I didn't, I, I mean, I didn't actually read the Far Sector. Uh, I although, heard good things about Far Sector. Yeah, I did too. I mean, I saw some preview pages and, and it looked really good. So, oh, yeah. you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I am here today with Ulysses B. Campbell. And as you might imagine, he is my son. And Wouldn't it be we... funny if there was no relation? That would all? that would be really funny. <laughs> that would be really funny, but no, that is not the case. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, which is, and it, this is the whole reason now that I have to say Ulysses E. Campbell, mm-hmm. and that's to distinguish between Ulysses B. Campbell. But let me tell you, sometimes it, it gets kind of confusing because uh, when you see a B and an E, and you know, they're they're yes, I know. The B has got the closed-off loop thing, but they're close enough. And, in fact, even saying it. There's some people who might have heard, it's like, did he say that? He said the same thing twice. Ulysses E. Campbell, Ulysses B. Campbell. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But, yes. Anyway, though, so (laughs) (laughs) we... Merry Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas. We were talking about uh, some of our... uh, Some of our favorite Christmassy type genre related stuff and and I had just been talking about Justice League of America issue number 110 and uh, so John Stewart actually got to distinguish himself in that the key uh, was trying to blow up a bunch in fact he blew up like that he he, he planted a bomb like the longest short yeah. I'm not going to go into all the details but and so he blew up uh, like a, an entire city block of course he did and uh there's at one point because there there were um, there were like uh, poor people <laughs> who lived in this in this particular block, and at one point during the story, John Stewart is going to use the ring to like hook him up, and Green Arrow has to say, "Wait, hold on, Stewart. I don't think the Guardians are going to like that. <laughs> you know, don't necessarily oh. do that. Yeah." So he stops him, you know, because literally, Mr. liberal Green Arrow said. Maybe not. It, well, you don't want to get in trouble with the freaking guardians of the universe. That's, that's fair. yeah. That's that, fair. I mean, and he knew enough about the guardians to be like, this will not go well for you. Yeah. you know? uh, in any case, Stewart is like, yeah, I'll just use the ring to whip up, and he's whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but what Stewart does, he allows the buildings to be blown up, but then he reconstructs them. 
Oh, you know, I okay. mean, as he says, minus the rats and roaches and you know all this other stuff, you know, that one commonly finds in uh, inner city slum tenements. Was he already an architect at that point? Yes. Okay. He was. Cool. And in fact, when the ring comes to get him, he's talking to these two other guys, and he, it's crazy that I remember the dialogue, but he's like, yeah, so I've got these building plans in my hand that I've been working on for... Like X number yeah. of you know however, and this pig-headed idiot says to me, and that's when and the, ring the ring comes. Yeah, so yes, he absolutely. But he was he was always an architect, and it's funny because that seems to be an element that they didn't really get into in Justice League. No, they made him a um, marine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I then believe they he, like adapted the or maybe I don't. Yeah, maybe he was a marine first. Well, I was going to say I believe he had a military background, but he was also uh, you know an architect. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, but they left the architect stuff behind uh, when they went to the cartoon. It's well, you like, need to uh, boil everybody down to like a specific thing. He was the the rigid military guy. Like, we're doing this. We have a plan. Ah. Yes, yes, and of course they didn't even reference any of the other sector lanterns. You know, to the point where people who watched Not Justice until League, yeah, well, people who watched Justice League weren't even aware that there were that there were any other Green Lanterns. Oh yeah, Lanterns. John Stewart is my Green Lantern. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I didn't grow up with him, but I grew up with him. Mm-hmm. You know? He was on the screen a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like him, and I, I don't I mean, because Hal Jordan was the guy that I knew, Hal Jordan is kind of my Green Lantern. You know? That's fair. Just like Barry uh, Barry Allen is my Flash. And I'm going to say this on air. Mm-hmm. I'm 80% sure that up until Barry came back, mm-hmm. he had been dead longer than he had been alive for you. Hmm. I'm pretty sure that Wally was the Flash that was essentially your Flash. Well, he I did was, the math a long time ago. I don't remember now. And that could be because, of course, they killed him in Crisis yeah. on Infinite Earths, which was in the early 80s. And then he had been dead basically from then to when they brought him back. Until, like, so, yeah. 08, 09, maybe? Mm-hmm, yeah. And I was, um, I, was in my, uh, I was in my 20s. Yeah. You know, so it would have, I mean, if it was longer than 20 years yeah. that he had been dead, yeah, you know. But still, it's kind of like the first years, one that you know. Yeah, formative years were Barry for you, so. Yeah, I mean, and it, bear in mind, it wasn't just the comic books. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was this ancillary media. I mean, yeah. any time they had him, and it was sparingly, I'll grant you, but if he was on television, or it, particularly in the cartoons, mm-hmm. because. The filmation cartoons of the oh, yeah. uh, mid '60s. That definitely it was in Barry. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. now they had Wally because they had Kid Flash. Yeah. And but he Kid, was Kid Flash. Exactly. You know. So I, I mean, and I knew of Wally, and that mm-hmm. was like, hey, you know, that was pretty cool. So, and in fact, even when when the Flash died in Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, that was. I mean, as deaths go, that was a pretty good one because mm-hmm. not only did he die saving like the entire universe, uh, he also had a successor to take his place, yeah. which 
I have come to believe, thanks to my cousin, is an important element <laughs> to, you know, if you're if you're going to die as a superhero, this is, you got it, well, what Wally said, and it's funny, it, Wally oh, is yeah. his name, yeah, my cousin, but he says that you got to die defeating your arch enemy, yep. and then you have to have a successor to take your place. Yep. So, the I mean, that was the only box that Barry didn't check, although... Anti-monitor, but he didn't defeat anti-monitor. He just destroyed no, he the anti-monitor's anti-matter cannon. Yeah, yeah, which was big because it was going to take really out. Important. Like, yeah. Yes, it absolutely was. So, but yeah, that that is an interesting bit of uh, I'm going to say trivia. Uh, that calculation that you made, you know, I mean, yeah, again, but, it was a, it was a long like couple years, maybe like five ten years ago that I did the math. But I was like, because you because you had said that before, and I was like, wait a minute. Because I don't know, because I didn't remember how, I was like, wait, this, the math, where is it? Where is it? Where was Barry? Barry was dead. Longest held predisposition, excuse me, longest held predisposition in a crisis is all I can say in terms of that. But I'm, I'm absolutely going to consider that uh, more thoroughly now because that's, that actually is an important element. <laughs> As it turns out, you know, so um, and and sort of fits in line with some other stuff that I have generally considered when it comes to reboots Mm -hmm. in general. And the fact that the DC universe that I grew up on was essentially a reboot, yeah. you know, and it's interesting. Yeah, if your Flash doesn't have a Mercury helmet, uh, there you go. It's not then the first it's Flash. It's not the first Flash. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and I have actually become more enamored with Jay Garrick, you know. But I, but I read some of those original stories, yeah, you know, in the Golden Age stories, and and that stuff was cool. I mean, it was well, some of it was kind of corny, but it of was. Course, uh, yeah. I mean, he was really fast, and. He was a member of the Justice Society of America, and so... They were pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, what's not to love? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> hey, but look, we're out of time. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Somehow, we have made it through the episode here on Christmas Day. I'd like to thank my son and you, too, for tuning in. Of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show, and you can check your local listings, see if it's airing in your area. Or you can just go to the website at fantasticforum.tv. We've got entire episodes. We've got segments broken out so you can look at the interviews. You can look at the toy and game profiles, the special features, uh, all that stuff right there for you. Also, we've got episodes of the radio show that you can check out and uh, all sorts of other interesting features. The radio show is also available as a podcast thanks to our friends at the Great Geek Refuge on all those platforms where your favorite podcasts are available. And the show re-airs each and every Thursday right here on WERA from 3 to 4 p.m. If you miss it over the weekend, you can actually check it out. It's not the one from this weekend. It's like the previous one, but Hey, keep listening, and it comes back around. And, of course, make sure you come back again next week. Same bat time, same bat station. Have a very Merry Christmas. And we'll be back. We should be back with an all-new episode on New Year's Day. Because I'm just like that. 